following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys as we bring you training camp updates for the next hour here on DallasCowboys.com. So glad you're with us as we continue to break down Cowboys Camp 2020 and lead you into kickoff week, which will actually start next week. As this is our final show, guys, Woo! going weekly. Next week, it's a daily yes. occurrence starting yeah. next week. So let's celebrate a little bit because... It's time to talk football in a real sense. We've been talking football all offseason, if we're being real here. But it's time to talk football on a daily occurrence. So if you're sick of us, too bad. You're getting us every day starting next Tuesday. But so glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, our resident Super Bowl champion, and the great Rob Phillips here from DallasCowboys.com. And, guys, it's, uh, it's getting closer. We're under two weeks until kickoff and September 13th on the road against the Rams. It's officially football month, uh, the fact that September is finally here. Yes. But, well, what's that feeling like as you kind of get that Christmas type of feel where you can anticipate it coming, but it's just not there yet? Kyle, it's just, it almost feels as though we are getting back to normal. I, we're right there. I mean, we're right there. And I felt like last week, last, well, Sunday, that, you know, my, my life was returning. I was getting cowboy football back on television. And, and I need to talk to you and Rob because I thought okay. we were boys. I thought we were cool. <laughs> but I have found out otherwise through this whole process that y'all didn't call me and let me know not to go through my ritual because we were not going to be able to watch football on Sunday. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Rob. Uh, I, here's the thing, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say this. The Cowboys still won on Sunday because there's 31 other teams and there's an entire fan base and an entire nation that has zero mm -hmm. idea what the Cowboys are doing based off of the television scrimmage. So the Cowboys had a W on Sunday. Can we not celebrate that? I mean... Can we not celebrate the fact that they won that, Rob? I mean, Rob, back me up here because uh, we, we weren't necessarily sure exactly what we were going to be able to show. Honestly, I, yeah, I didn't have a 100% idea until we got in the building, heck. Just, yeah. to, just, to, just to back up Kyle on that one, um, I will say this. There were fans that didn't love it. You know, I think a fan tweeted at me and said, what's with the Area 51 practice we got going on right now? <laughs> Nobody can see anything that's going on. But Kyle's right. I mean, I guess from the standpoint of they've had, at that point, 11 practices to look at their own team. Think about that. And so they don't want to show anything to anybody else. Uh, and they try to give some sight and sounds, and, and they did that. But, yeah, it's definitely playing close to the chest right now with final cuts coming up on Saturday. Mike McCarthy being secret Mike, Mike be my favorite Mike, Isaiah, but whenever you're talking about secrecy and kind of playing that next level chess game when everybody else is playing checkers, you played for a guy who played chess in Bill Belichick, <laughs> but he pulled Absolutely. a total Bill Belichick move with no numbers, no name on Cowboys night. That's the scrimmage, quote unquote scrimmage, we're talking about. It was more like a practice, but he kept it close to the chest as ever before. Did you expect that coming from Mike McCarthy, Isaiah? 
Uh, you know what? I can't say that I expected it, but he definitely went blank man on us, man. We didn't know what the heck was going on out there. Uh, I probably would have been exposed because of my dreads, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think it's – I know from the fan perspective, I know everybody wanted to see the guys, right? They wanted to see this team that was been, that's been talked about so diligently over this entire offseason. They wanted to see the rookies that we've been talking about for the last few months and, and all this talent and the coaches and how these guys are going to work into the schemes. And, and then we just saw, you know, Zoom, you know, Zoom, Zoom, and no numbers. And that's fine because as a fan, you want to set your team up for the best opportunity possible to go out there and win games, right? Starting what in, in another week and a half, right? We're, on, we're there. Um, so um, he did that, right? He protected the team, as you always say, protect the team. Um, and he did that even though it wasn't at the pleasure of the, of the, of the fans. I think they'll, they'll, they'll appreciate it later on. And it seemed like it, there was frustration from a fan standpoint, but I, I, and I understand both sides. As a football fan, you've been itching for that moment. We would already have had four preseason games by this Absolutely. moment. And, sure. and so you're wanting that contact. You're wanting that competition. You want to see some of these young guys you've been waiting so anxiously to finally lay your eyes on. But I also get it from a winning standpoint. You want to take every single advantage in a league that's so parity-ridden, like the NFL, you want to take every advantage you have to make it necessary and make it possible for your team to come out on top when the games count. And that's what we saw, I think, on Sunday. And that's what the decision was made. And I can't disagree with it. I think I like the decision because it shows that winning is coming first, Heckma. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I feel as though the, you know, the, the no numbers on the jerseys, that's, you know, it's Chuck Noll. That's an old Pittsburgh thing. And Chuck Noll did that so that, you know, coaches would coach up their guys and not be looking at, at the numbers. Uh, so when, when it came on the television and I saw that guys were not wearing numbers, I'm like, oh, okay, this is a new wrinkle, new fold. But that's clearly Tyron Smith. That's clearly Ezekiel Elliott. So, I mean, I get it. I understand the whole you know, mystery of it. And I'm sure once every, all 31 teams found out that we were televising a game, especially NFC East teams, they wanted to comb through everything they possibly could just to get a hint or a clue about what the Cowboys were doing. Well, none of us know what the Cowboys, especially <laughs> me. I know, no one knows because we didn't get an opportunity to see anything. And so I see the genius in it and I understand why uh, it was done, but I'm pouting. I'm in my feelings. I mean, come on, I'll get over it. I don't know. I don't blame you at all, Heck. And, uh, you know, I kind of had a flashback to the Bill Parcells days mm. from, like, the early 2000s when I think we took a picture of a, of a player riding an exercise bike on the track out at Valley Ranch, and, boy, he got so pissed off at us for doing that. Like, just he, he wanted you – know, there were no numberless practices, but there were some – some days where he wanted things as you know kept as close to the chest as possible and that's what Mike McCarthy's going for and, and like what Isaiah said actually Jerry said it on the broadcast there you know there's 16 practice squad spots this year and they're still evaluating their team and you know if you can get a guy to the practice squad that might not make the 53 that winds up being a Miles Austin type prospect a guy that, that can develop into a, a special player then then it's a win if, if the rest of the world doesn't get to see that guy on Sunday night. 
Mayor Rob, let me let me add to that point, man. Just in case for for the football world out there that's listening right now, and I don't know, I may or may not get in trouble for this, but uh, when you're when you're going through camp and you're going through the preseason games, typically there's always a handful of guys that are really talented that that just don't make the mark, right? They just they just won't make the team. Uh, whether you're stacked at, at that position, whether you have veterans at that position, um, but you want to keep them close to your program, right? You want to keep those guys close to that. Uh, for instance, the whole purpose of a practice squad team is so that if something happens to your primary guys, you can go down and pull them up, right? Um, but in in typical preseason form, if those guys are out there playing and getting a lot of reps and they're not going to make your team, guess what? You're not going to be able to keep them close because somebody else is going to pick them up and put them on their on their team. So we used to see it all the time where guys that should have been playing in the preseason should have been getting more reps were not getting reps, right? They just wouldn't get reps because they, they were being hidden. Right, they were literally little gems that were being hidden underneath a rock because yeah. the scouting department wanted to keep the guys close. So, to the point, you know, continuing that conversation now, of course, you don't want to show some of the guys that you have on your roster right now because they're going to get plucked. And by the way, this is going on kind of around the league. I mean, I saw something Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, the great Mike Zimmer, saying uh, talking about an injured player, and he said something like, "Yeah, he's got a he's got a thing, you know, he's got he's, <laughs> he's got something," and everybody is is being very. Secretive, and it, yeah. it, it, it's it's got to do with the circumstances this year for sure. There's just no time for teams to really evaluate their teams the way they want to, and so this is just kind of a natural course of things. Well, and kind of going off of what Isaiah was just talking about, about those young guys not necessarily getting those reps, one thing that I noticed starting on Sunday is we've seen a lot of those younger guys starting to get more reps with the starters. You see Dak Prescott out there throwing to some of these bubble guys, some of these guys that may or may not make the roster, and if they will make the roster, they're an undrafted free agent or there's something like that thrown into the mix, maybe a second-year guy, something like that. Now, whenever you keep that in mind, you also have these practices that are indoors and they're closed. And Rob, you were a part of these practices. You've been around it. Has there been anything over the last last two days that has really kind of stuck out to you, kind of in that same sense of some of these other guys who weren't necessarily in the mix early on finally getting those reps? Well, I think you said it about rotating guys, but really I think Mike has done that for the last couple weeks. He really has cycled a lot of different players in to give guys opportunities. And I think that's been beneficial. I think. Dak and the offense have really had some success the last two, three days of practice. Two-minute situations, situational uh, team drills, moving the ball down the field, some more competitive stuff now that they've gotten through the installations. I think it helps to have Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith back protecting the edges. I think that's a big plus for him. Uh, he had, an, I think he led them on a 75-yard touchdown drive yesterday against the defense. Uh, so he's been productive and had a really nice camp. And, and you said it, Kyle, guys getting more opportunities in part because of some injuries. And knock on wood, I'm going to knock on wood here, the Cowboys haven't had a ton of injuries, anything really serious besides Gerald McCoy. Uh, but, you know, with some DBs been sitting out lately, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods uh, with a little bit of a groin injury, you know, Trayvon Diggs has gotten more reps and has been really productive. And you're seeing some other wide receivers step up. Uh, with, with Amari Cooper getting some, some limited work that's not apparently due to an injury. They're just kind of monitoring right now. 
Yeah, I don't think I think these unusual circumstances with COVID is what you're seeing in practice with guys getting those first teams first team reps because they would have been able to get that in the preseason without it. You don't know. So how else do you evaluate these guys? Right. And so it's 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 almost like like war military war games. Right. And you want to be able to get them to the point that you understand that a guy is game ready, ready, but without any preseason, how do you know? So I I don't take any weight uh, well I, I know with the injuries uh, guys are getting those opportunities but I think the rotation is what it is because you want to get a look and see uh, what a guy can do yeah even to that point heck I think even while you're trying to get eyes on players and you're getting them more reps in practice you still don't get a full evaluation whether these guys are game ready. The reason oh, being yeah. because uh, there's a whole lot of guys we call them, we call them uh, scout team scout team warriors or or seven on seven champs. You know, guys can fly around the field and even thud up a little bit, right? And when I say thud up, I mean just you know hit with the shoulder pads or your helmet and and not fully tackle somebody to the ground. Well. Thudding up and tackling are two different things, right? And some guy, there's a lot of guys out there that will thud up, but a lot of guys aren't able to wrap up and, and finish the tackle. And uh, the unfortunate part about a lot of these young guys is you don't get a chance to see how they would do in a real game setting. And as a coach, obviously this year with COVID, um, there's no preseason. Typically, you would have the reps to see whether these guys are finishing off tackles and making plays and, and finishing through reps. But now... You don't want to do that in a scrimmage either because, you know, you don't want to risk guys getting hurt, right? So you don't have a preseason and you don't want to do it in, the, in practice because you don't want guys to get hurt. So when do you actually get a full evaluation? You don't. Well, and Isaiah, I was, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Kyle. No, I was going to leave it up to you, Rob. Go for well, it. Well, I was going to ask Isaiah on that subject just because Michael Irvin mentioned it on the broadcast the other night, the importance of having for a rookie, for a veteran, just having a preseason game to get that yeah. hit, to get that tackle, mm -hmm. and they just haven't had it. Now, I, I, Kyle, I think the first time we saw it yesterday was uh, some form tackling, yep. bringing guys to the ground in kind of a, a half-speed deal just to kind of get the form down, landing on a pad. It helps guys with ball security, too. But Isaiah, I mean, it's just not—it's just not the same. You, you don't no. have the live elements until it, until September 13th. That's just the way it is. No, and and even some of these older guys, right? Even the veterans out there. I mean, until you get hit, like that's the whole purpose of camp and preseason. The reason why you have with your veterans play the last, you know, game and a half of the preseason, or I guess a game and a half in, in total out of the four games of preseason, typically, is because you need them to get those hits. You need their body to to get to get accustomed to it. Because think about it, when's the last time they've gotten tackled? Yep. When's the last some time these guys them, have been taken to the ground? It, Eight months? Some of December. It, it, some of them, 12 months. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so, I mean, your body's not used to it. So, I think, you know, going looking towards this, this week one, I think there's probably going to be a lot of turnovers. Uh, hopefully not by the Cowboys, but I, I feel there's going to be a lot of turnovers all across the league just because ball security, you can't, you can't, you can't replicate that scenario, right? I can run through drills all day long and, and act like I'm stripping the ball and I know you're stripping the ball, but until I know there's somebody coming at me full speed ahead from this direction, meanwhile, there's somebody jumping on my back right here, so I got to worry about getting knocked out and hopefully not getting knocked unconscious. Meanwhile, this guy's jumping on my back and I know I'm going to the ground or I might get knocked out. That's, that's, that's real life. This that's whole, real. That's, that's yeah. real. These, <laughs> these drills, these drills aren't real because guess what? I know as hard as I run at this guy, and I'm running at these two linemen on kickoff, I know they're going to stop, right? But in a real game, I got 600 pounds of grown man that I have to try to run into, and they're not going to stop, right? Yeah. Do, I, do I get up from that? I don't know. You won't know until week one. <laughs> well, there will not be any tackling pads on the ground 
on uh, against LA. No, so there won't. Nope. <laughs> we got to get we nope. got to get ready. And, and well, the thing is, back to that form tackling drill. And, and Isaiah, you mentioned it. Even some of those veterans trying to get those first hits in. No, most notably, the, the loudest pop that I heard was Leighton Vanderash, and that's a guy who really needs those hits. We talked yes, about sir. how he hit Tony Pollard last week. That's why sure, he that's did one it. hit. And that's, that's why, why he did, did it. it. Exactly. Yeah. You're trying to get that collision. Yeah. You're trying to test out exactly how the neck feels. And some of the, the positives of, of coming back from an injury is you do get to kind of have a little bit more leeway. They know that's why you're hitting their, their young and up-and-coming running back pretty hard Absolutely. in the scrimmage. So there, there is that back and forth. But now that things are changing from a media perspective, we're not going to be in practice the entire time. Of course, we saw what happened Sunday where they're kind of closing things off. The players, though... Kind of keep that same schedule, Isaiah, but what do the, the, the next coming practices and the next couple weeks bring from a, a, a player standpoint to get prepped for that week one kickoff? Yeah, so I think it's two parts. I think you have the the, the veterans or the guys, the, the highly drafted guys that kind of know that they're going to be around. Um, they have one mindset, right? They're in preparation for week one, right? They're getting in that mindset. They're getting prepared. They're getting used to their rotations. They're getting used to the calls. And they're ready. They're really looking towards the first week. And then you got the guys that are on the bubble. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're fringe guys or the guys that are not so confident that they're going to make the roster. I was that guy a lot. I, I was in that position dang there every year, right? Just not only because of my injuries, but because of situations I found myself in. And I had to fight my way out of it. But you're, you're, you're nervous, you know, and, and, and you're not able to play free, right? And now I can only imagine the stress these guys have in practice. But can now... They don't get enough reps in practice, but now every practice rep you get counts, right? It was before you can have a okay, you know, okay practices, and um, and then when you get to the game, you could ball out, you know, and and they're like, oh, okay, well this dude's a player. Well, guess what? Now you better practice like a dog on All Star because mm -hmm. that's all they have to go off of. And if you have one bad rep at practice, or if you if you miss a, you know, if you have, if you have a brain fart and you have a have a mental error, guys are going to be stressing over it because it's like crap. Is that the play that just got me cut? Crap! Did I, I miss that assignment? Now, man, now so and so goes in there and makes a great play. Oh, they're gonna put him out there, and you start having these internal mind games, and it stresses you out, man. And when you start stressing like that, you are unable to play free. And as we know in this league, you have to be confident and you have to play free. Otherwise, you're not gonna you're not gonna do what you need to do. Ekman. Yeah, guys know that the eye in the sky don't lie, so they want to put that tape out there. They want to be sure uh, because guys are fighting for livelihoods. Today's Tuesday cuts come down on Saturday. So like, like Isaiah said, every single rep is important. And without the preseason, man, it's almost impossible to try and simulate that real game time experience. So, look, it's going to be really tough to make these cuts for the coaching staff. Uh, and maybe they let go of a guy that's a quality guy that if you got a chance to see him in real action, he yep. would have been the stud that you need. And so, again, guys are putting that film out there because they understand that they are fighting for their livelihood. So you, you ask how important are these next couple of days? Yeah, man, it's, it's the difference between going to work at a car lot and, <laughs> and making, you know, six figures. So hey, absolutely, hey, hey, it's huge. To, to that point, Hank, I just want to add on to that. To that point, think about it from the coach's perspective, right? What's your goal? Your goal is to get ready for the next week, right? Yeah. You're, you're, in, in your head, you already have probably 90% of your roster set. This, I know guys yeah. don't want to hear that, but you have 90% of your yeah, you got 90% of your roster set. So there's there's maybe three guys that you're looking at that you know may go one way or another, right? So as a coach, you want to make sure that your guys are healthy going into the first week of the season, right? From the player standpoint, 
I need to ball out and practice. Yep. Right? So I need to ball out. So from the coach's perspective, I'm trying to get 90% of my team ready to play this game, right, and get them healthy enough and get them confident enough. So I'm going to pull back on the intensity of practice. Why? Because I don't want to risk injury. Right. But on the other side, you got a handful of guys or actually more than a handful of guys that are going out there trying to give it their all. So do injuries happen? Do guys go a little bit too hard when you go 100 percent when other guys are going 70 percent? Right. What happens over these next couple of days? Right. And it's really a battle between the two because you're going to have these guys that are trying to make plays and try to make the roster. As Heck said, they're not trying to go bust no bust no dishes, you know. But at the same time, <laughs> you got the coaches over there like, hey, don't touch my guys. Right. Yeah. Don't touch and, my guys. I got these dudes. That's an interesting point, a really good point, because, you know, Amari Cooper, has, for the last three days, he really hasn't done much in team drills. He's been limited to individual, and Jerry spoke to it on the fan this morning that it doesn't sound like it's an injury. It's just they, they're they monitoring him, and they, they don't want to put him in a situation where he's going to yep. pull something 10 days before the opener, two weeks before yep. the opener, whatever it is. I just... As a young player, uh, if it's an undrafted guy or a guy that's on the bubble, I don't know how you don't try to press in, in these practice situations <laughs> Absolutely. And, and overthink yeah. it because you really do, like Isaiah said, you've got to, to make an impression. And, you know, we talked to Trayvon Diggs yesterday on a call, and obviously he's gaining confidence and he's, he's been able to kind of settle in. There's more patience with a second-round draft pick, though, than there is somebody that, that wasn't drafted coming in trying to make this roster. And hey, I think that's I, a fantastic point. Go for it, Isaiah. Yeah, no, I was going to say, to, to, for everybody to understand how, how much of a mind game this is, to this day, to this day, I ended up getting cut by Seattle my, my, after I came back from my, my Achilles injury, right? So going into my fifth year, um, I got cut by Seattle, which in turn led me to go the next year and win the Super Bowl, so it was all right. But um, <laughs> I, remember, yeah, okay. I, remember, I remember one particular practice. I was doing really well in practice, and I was, I was one of those guys that was kind of fringe, right? We had some really good receivers out there, and I remember running around, and there was this play that the coaches were excited about all week, and they put me in for the play. Right, so they put me in for the play. So I know all, all eyes. We've been waiting all week to run this play. And I go out there, and it was a play action thing. And I ran a little inside seam, got inside the corner, and I stemmed up the safety, and I ran a post route deep over over everybody. And, and I, I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was Charlie Whitehurst threw a dime. Right, <sighs> nice pretty ball. Right, it looked like something off the dog on a little Giants. And I'm running, and the little <laughs> the little toilet paper rolls coming, and that thing comes down, and it goes right through my arms. No, Isaiah, come man. on, man. I know. And listen, the the disappointment in myself and the disappointment that I can see on all the coaches' faces, in my head, that's what got me cut. To this day, oh. had, I, to, had I made that catch, I would have made the team, right? And I, I don't know if I would have won a ring, but I, I, I would have made, <laughs> made the team in my head, seriously. And, and I harped on that day after day, play after play. I can't get that back. And to this day, right now, I know had I made that catch, I would have made the team. So that's what these guys are thinking about every single rep that they take. You talk about the mental side of the game. There's always a physical side of the game when it comes to football, but the mental side is just as important. And like you said, it's mind games with coaches and players. And a lot of the time, the, the minds are already made up. And that's what we're kind of seeing and we might see throughout the rest of the week as players are, are, and cuts are coming. Before we take a break, wanted to remind you, if you're looking for something to change up, your dinner routine. Support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. Some great options around there for delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in. Visit thestar.com. 
So there's a, a, a ton of great places uh, to go across the street. But when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, is there a veteran that could be on the chopping block whenever cuts come around this week? We'll talk about it next on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Well, training camp is starting to come to a close, but get your training camp coverage with the 2020 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Training Camp Guide. The preview includes an inside look on scouting reports, position battles, final roster projections, and so much more. Get your copy today for only $4.95 on DallasCowboys.com slash star. Back here for the second segment of Talking Cowboys. Kyle Yeomans alongside Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback. And Rob, you're, you're one of the few, the, the proud, that have been uh, at, at every practice so far. Mm. I'm going to ask you this question. I, I'm not trying to rub it in, guys. I'm yes, you are. I'm not trying to mm. rub it in. I'm not rubbing it in. I think he kind of is. I, I might noted. be. We'll see. It's not but cool. You're you're one of the you're one of the few that have been in practices really the entirety of training camp. But this is going to be a completely unfair question to you, and I'm going to ask you this straight oh, thanks. up. thanks. How thanks. would you grade Mike McCarthy's first training camp, even though we're still kind of in the middle of it? I'd give him an A plus. I have to, mm. given the circumstances that this team is in. Um, I mentioned the fact that they've been, knock on wood, relatively healthy so far. Guys have been locked in. They've clearly been in condition. Uh, there's been a good focus about camp. And he seems that, basically talking to him after practice, it sounded on Sunday, he sounded like they're very close to where they want to be in terms of starting the season. I just think 
having to navigate everything off the field with, with the COVID-19 pandemic and trying to get guys ready and it, just the logistics of it all. And it's not just him. It's the support staff at the Star, too, that's been a, a, a huge part of this. But I, I think it, it's been an A-plus job so far. There's just a long way to go. And as Jerry said on the fan this morning, this doesn't end. I mean, this is a daily thing. It's, it's for us, too. We have to be flexible. I think Jerry called it, we got it's option quarterback time right now. You know, no, nobody knows what's going to happen day to day with this virus and how everybody's got to handle it. But I think Mike's done a great job. What would you say, Heckma? Well, you know, the thing is, I can't base it off of anything that I've seen, but I can base it off of what the players are saying. And, and I love it. And it, it sounds to me like everyone has bought in. Um, one of the things that I hear constantly uh, being stated about Coach Mike McCarthy is the fact that he's a player's coach and that he has this open door policy. But I feel like the open door policy works both ways, right? I feel like it just knowing Mike McCarthy and the kind of fiery guy that he is, I'm really wanting to see what it's going to be like once he puts these guys under the test or give them that scrutiny or tear them a new one on the side on the sidelines but I love what I'm hearing from the team and just his championship pedigree and his attention to detail so all things being considered it sounds like everyone in this group is bought in yeah fellas, I mean it sounds like you guys may have acquired a championship coach I don't I don't know maybe along the way maybe somewhere along the way he's done pretty well for himself but uh, it just sounds to me like a veteran coach just came in here and knows exactly what the winning formula is um, knows exactly who he is as a coach and knows exactly the type of team that he wants he's came in regardless of the circumstances that he's instilled his will um, he's imposed his will here and um, that's that's all you really expect from somebody like this I don't uh, there's you know I don't know what else we can really add to aside from the fact that you know he has a heck of a heck of a, a uh, of a support system. Um, he has some great bosses. He has a heck of a um, uh, coaching staff right yes. uh, in, in place. He has veteran coaches. He has coaches who have been head coaches underneath him. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I think this is, I mean, it's about as great a situation as he could have possibly hoped for um, in terms of support from the Joneses, in terms of the scouting department, in terms of his coaching staff. This is easy peasy for him. Um, and he has the ultimate bubble over there, um, obviously, at the star. So I think he did a great job. Well, and I would probably have to say somewhere sort of the same thing. Like I said earlier, it's a little unfair to kind of grade Mike McCarthy at this point because we don't know what the season is going to hold. We don't know yeah. exactly what uh, success is going to pop up out of training camp, but it's something at least to look at now. At least to this point, things have gone to plan, and I think that's really what you're really hoping for. Now, there are some very tough decisions coming up over the next mm. week, and coming up this Saturday uh, at 3 p.m. Central Time, that's mm -hmm. the cutoff to have your roster down to 53, have your practice Ooh. squad set, and there's cuts to be had. As soon as really, what, today, maybe tomorrow, Rob, we could start seeing maybe some of these cuts start coming down? Well, I don't know. Cowboys, <laughs> Cowboys usually like to wait to do all that. Mm. Uh, they usually take their time on that. But you never know. It's it's a new regime, right? It's a new era with Mike McCarthy. So mm -hmm. um, I, I would imagine usually that 53 cut comes all in one big clump wow. on the day of. Um, but like Isaiah said, I mean, they're making these discussions right now as we speak. It's a daily thing. And, you know, they've probably got a pretty good idea of what they want to do, even with the compressed camp. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's largely a veteran team. When you think about the guys that they've brought in, uh, to help on defense. I mean, they, they've got 
some veteran additions that are going to help navigate this thing. Uh, but they do have some decisions to make on young players. There's no question about that. Well, and how? Well, go for it, Heckman. No, I was just going to say that I, I feel as though there, when you start to build the roster and you 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 look at or just the possibilities of what the Cowboys could entail on offense and defense, you start asking these questions about, like, are we going to have a fullback, a true fullback on the roster? Yeah. Are we going to keep an additional tight end because we're going to have the flex or hybrid tight end fullback scenario? And so all of those are hanging in the balance as to how this team is going to be built. I think from a special teams standpoint, even with your wide receivers on the defensive end, if you're going to play that 3-4, 4-3 defense, are you going to keep more cornerbacks and linebackers because you're going to need that in order to play that 3-4 system? So, look, it's so much that goes into this that's going to be a deciding factor on who's going to actually make the roster or who's going to the practice squad. I can tell you guys this right now. The offensive side of the ball, they know who, for, as players, the players know who's made the team. Mm. Offense. It's no question Even about it. Even from a receiver Offense. standpoint? Even from a receiver standpoint. Mm. Even from a receiver standpoint, you know who's made the team. You know you're going to keep, you know keep three tight ends. Right, you know you're gonna keep. You know you're gonna keep three. You know two running backs and a fullback. You know you're gonna keep two quarterbacks. Uh, you know, maybe even three. Hey, I guess you got to keep three quarterbacks, right? I think we get two more roster spots. So it's 55 this year, right? 55 this year. Or 53. Is it 53. It's 53. It's a fluctuating yeah. thing. Got you. Okay, got you. Yeah. So, so three quarterbacks, two running backs and a fullback. Three quarterback, you know, I mean, so you got probably five receivers that you're gonna keep. So it's really easy to do the math on the offensive side of the ball. The question, defensive side of the ball, these guys are stressed right now yes, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot easier to know where you fall in line when you say okay we're running a 4-3 defense right we're going to keep <laughs> we're going to keep eight d linemen we're going to keep you know five linebackers we're going to keep six secondary guys they don't know they don't know so you talk about the secondary and how many guys you start counting positions right okay if the offense has this many players we have this many specialists these are these are the conversations that you have with yourself now just don't in case y'all don't know these are the conversations you're like okay so there's all right so there's a uh, there's 20 there's 20 spots left on the on the roster right <laughs> and uh but but coach coach Ryan you know he wants to he wants to run this type of defense so he needs at least as many linebackers and we need at least as many D linemen so that means that there's only this many these are the mental <laughs> mental battles that these guys are going through right now and I can remember distinctively when I was playing for the Cowboys there was a dude named Bruce Mays Bruce Mays and we called him the Grin Reaper Oh yeah. Right. yeah. Oh yep. yeah. You don't want to see Bruce around this you time, right? Do not want to see Bruce around this time. I was always taught as a young man growing up, you look a man in his eyes when he's talking to you. When you walk, you see Bruce Mays, you get cataracts. You start looking around. You don't, you don't want to get that head down. You don't, you don't want to make any eye, any eye contact with Bruce because Bruce, if he was looking what? at you, Bruce was going to do this one thing. Come here. He's, no. Oh. Crap. No. So, I mean, you, you, so Bruce would tell you to come, you know, bring your playbook, you know, get your stuff, and you already knew what that was. And, um, you know, I, I had my day with the Cowboys where I walked in and they had a, they had a desk or a table right there at the front, okay, a little eight foot table at the front, and he was getting guys as they came in the building. Mm. And I used to always say hi to Bruce. Hey, Bruce, how you doing, man? Hey, Bruce. And for this, this one time, I was like, hey, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Bruce loved me, and Bruce was like, Isaiah. Yeah, I got you. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. damn. 
Got me, wow. man. That's so brutal. This, that's, that's what goes brutal on. Process. That's what goes on this week, man. So you literally go from, you know, four to six weeks of giving it your absolute all and it possibly being gone in a moment. And I feel for these guys, this is a very stressful week for the guys that don't know if they're on the roster or not. Um, I wish them all good luck. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's some tough decisions to be made. And as we're talking about decisions, don't be surprised. This is coming from my, my feelings that I have inside here in my heart. All right, in my heart. I think there's going to be a big name on defense that gets cut that people aren't talking about right now. I believe wow. so, too. I don't okay. Think so too. Okay. Well, what are one of those names? What do you think? Oh, we we're gonna, what, we're, what we're gonna throw it out. Constitute as a big oh. name. Yeah, I want you to throw it out. I want to know who you got. All right. Let's look at this scenario. Okay. Uh, There's a gentleman by the name of Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Okay. He's a veteran. He's a proven veteran. His, he's playing for his old coach. The reports have been what I've been reading. The reports have been that he hasn't been what they expected him to come in and be to be. Mm-hmm. Why pay somebody? Now, no disrespect to HaHa. So, if I see you on the streets, man, we good. Okay, this is my opinion. But logically, why pay somebody the money that he's probably that he's receiving right now mm-hmm. if he you're, if he's not going to live up to the expectations that you have for him? Going to our conversations last week, I think Tell that him. you I think that you can get Earl Thomas for the same amount mm-hmm. that you're paying for a HaHa. Now, what? Uh, take this. If Earl Thomas was on the field right now, would you ever question whether or not he was going to be on your roster? No. No. No, and I think that you can get him for the same price that you're paying HaHa. So that's my two cents. I'm out. That's it. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I like the call, and it it, it does make sense. I I see where you're coming from because it looks like system-wise, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense for HaHa and Dicks. I have another one, though. You've got another. Let me hit this this stat really quickly, Hakma. Jasper Brinkley. You guys remember that name a couple years ago? Yep, linebacker. He was cut for a very similar thing, where he just wasn't really fitting into a system. He was owed $2 million. Haha Clinton Dix is guaranteed 2.25. So the the money has been cut before, ultimately, is what I'm kind of throwing out there. There has been instances where players that are guaranteed a couple million dollars who are veteran contracts or veteran additions that haven't necessarily made a roster and haven't made it through those cuts. Now, Heckma, who you got? Now, I mean, a lot of this, my feelings, it, it just feels sacrilegious, man. But when I, when I think about the linebacker group and, you know, with LVE and Jalen and just the backup, the guys that we see emerging, and I know we can't talk about everybody, so I won't. Uh, Sean Lee, where does he fit into that? You know, what, where does he fit into that rotation? He's a guy that has dealt with injuries and where he is right now, we don't know. Um, when I look at the defensive line, there's so man the defensive line room is crowded and we have a bunch of studs there i love antoine woods i I mean because i can't talk about anybody else but i just feel like antoine (laughs) woods is one of those guys that may be and he's had a pretty solid training camp from what i've uh interpreted what i've heard i just feel like you have a youth movement there uh with gallimore and hill and all the the, as far as the way the rotation is going to go uh so all things being considered, I, I'm with you, Isaiah, and I just feel like it's going to be a name that no one was accounting for as far as the veterans. But when it comes down to haha, I just feel like with, and I know we're going to talk about this in another segment, but I just feel as though 
Safety is a position where we have to have some veteran experience. Ha Ha didn't get an opportunity to compete in live, live, in live action. I realize it, and you even said, you know, guys are all world or all practice squad. I don't know how much of that is happening right now, but I just feel as though with the veteran experience that Ha Ha has, that it would be hard to cut a guy like that. Now, if we're talking E.T. on the other side of that, then I'm with you, dog. I'm with you, dog. <laughs> hey, let me, let, me, let me throw this curveball at you guys, okay? This is, this is a little insight for all of our viewers right now. Oh, things get a little things get a little <laughs> tricky when it comes down to the front office of pro sports, especially the NFL. And there's this thing called a guaranteed contract. So as a yes. veteran, once you've hit veteran status, if you are on the roster the first game, they are they, that, your salary is guaranteed. So yep. what you what you tend to see here, and you guys may see this, okay, musical chairs going on. Coaches don't know, especially right now, they don't know who's going to get cut from other teams, right? So mm -hmm. if you release a veteran, if you cut a veteran prior to, prior to your first game, right, and you get through your first week and you go out there and you, you scout the market and see what else is out there, you can now bring other players onto your roster or even the same players that you cut mm. back onto your roster without – guaranteeing their entire salary so that's a great point know that you might see a little musical chairs going on um as the season approaches especially with the fact that nobody's been able to see anybody play well yeah J jerry was asked about earl again on the fan today and he no. the same thing he didn't he didn't close the door he really didn't want to talk about it because he's yeah. it's no. a competitive situation he doesn't want to tip his hand either way obviously there have not been any discussions there with earl to this point um, no, that no, you know Rob. about Rob. That you know what? about Rob. That you know about Rob. Fair, fair. That's, that's true. That's been put out there, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I think, I think with Xavier Woods's groin injury or whatever he's dealing with right now, I think numbers at safety are important. I mean, I, I, I think Haha is probably here at this point at the end of mm -hmm. at the end of cutdown day, and I, you know, Sean Lee. I think they're trying to just get him ready for the season like they always yeah. do. I think he. They need numbers at linebacker too, and he's very important. I think he's still very important to what they yeah. do, uh, especially you know Leighton coming off the injury. I think you're right, heck. I think Antoine Woods has had a nice camp, and I, I think they've got plans for him in a rotation too. So I, I, I don't know. I don't see a lot of veterans getting surprise cuts, but I guess we never know. But injuries, mm. injuries always factor in, right? And, and hopefully they mm. get through this, these, these last few days of practice before they cut down uh, in good shape. Hey and Rob, I, did, I, I, I didn't I didn't expect to see Leonard Fournette get cut either. That's Hello. fair. That's, That's fair. That well, was, that I, was tend a to, I tend to lean with Rob as well, where I don't necessarily think any of those veterans are going to be cut whenever the the time comes. I just think there's a possibility, and there's conversations that are being had. Like Isaiah said, it's a nervous week for anybody who's even in those conversations mm -hmm. because of when you walk in the building. You don't know what that time's going to come. Now, before Reaper. we take our next break, I wanted to ask one more question. We, we've talked about the secondary, and we'll continue to do so. And, yes, Earl Thomas's name will come up in the next segment. But I wanted to ask one more thing about this defensive line. Originally, Mike McCarthy said he would like to keep six edge rushers and four interior defensive linemen. Is that something that you say, still see even with maybe some of the question marks in the secondary, what we've seen back there, or is that just kind of a testament to the amount of talent that they have on the defensive line and the kind of rotations that they're wanting to have, guys? Well, I think, you know, ten, that'd be 10 defensive linemen doing my yep. Texas A&M Aggie math there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you hit it. 
That's 10 defensive linemen. That's not too many. That's not excessive. Mm -hmm. And and I was just kind of going through a little roster exercise during practice with Dave Hellman. And Mm -hmm. looking at the secondary guys, we talked about the versatility. You might be able to, if everybody's healthy, that's that's the key. But maybe go lighter in the secondary just because they have so many guys that can play different spots. I mean, Maurice Linguist, the, the new... DB's coach, along with Al Harris, talked to the media over the weekend and said, basically, we told all our guys, you play DB. You don't play safety or corner exclusively. Now, I think there's probably some exceptions there, but the point yeah. is they, they want to cross-train their guys there, so that impacts maybe what they do at the end of the day uh, in the secondary with the 53. Well, and I think there's still plenty of tough decisions to be made, but Todd Archer, in talking with him this week, and I think he actually tweeted this out, he said... He could really cut the roster down to 49 if he really wanted to. It's the the next four that's really confusing because you don't know if it's going to be what position here or that position there. It's going to be very tedious back and forth of figuring out who those next four guys could be uh, just based off of what is the need for the Cowboys heading into the 2020 season. But when we come back, is Earl Thomas a legitimate thought process because of the secondary question marks. We'll talk about that and debate it. We bring back the debate next here on Talking Cowboys. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, the final weekly show of Talking Cowboys here of the offseason as we move back to daily starting next Tuesday. Now, we'll be at a different time next Tuesday. Just wanted to let you guys know, starting next Tuesday, it'll be 930 Talking Cowboys live. So, hey, 
wake up, get your coffee, get your breakfast, eat a donut, you know, read the newspaper and listen to Talking Cowboys. Tap we'll be in. A part We'll be a part of your morning routine throughout yeah. the 2020 season. So it's going to be a Tap ton of fun. In. Super excited for, for everybody uh, and really the, the entire season that's coming up. But, guys, I was reading an article yesterday. And you guys, I don't know if you knew I could read, but I can. So <laughs> Bill, awesome. Bill Barnwell, <laughs> thanks, ECMA. Bill Barnwell of ESPN.com, he does great work over there. He wrote a 20 contenders article and their Achilles heel for each of the 20 contenders. And the Cowboys were a part of the 20 contenders. And he put the Cowboys' Achilles heel as cornerback. And he, he said the, the expected starter was Jordan Lewis at the cornerback spot. Now, of course, he could have named a couple of guys there. But he said Jordan Lewis is the top cornerback at the moment. And that that spot is the Achilles heel. And, and I kind of looked at it and I thought about it. And I was like, you know, sure, it's a question mark spot. But is it really the number one Achilles heel for the Dallas Cowboys. And Heckma, we'll start with you. Oh, why are you going to start with me? Why are you going to start with me? Do, do, <laughs> <Got> you, <laughs> do you agree or do you disagree? And if you disagree, who? what is that Achilles heel? Well, one of the things I have to say is that way to go out on a limb, Barnwell, and, and point out that our Achilles heel is the cornerback position. Wow, he had to go do some extensive research <laughs> to put that article together, right? I mean, I've, but, I've, I sense some sarcasm and some oh, you're being facetious. <laughs> a twinge. Um, but, but, but I don't, but, but Kyle, I disagree. And the reason why I disagree with that is because of the way that we have shored up our defensive line. I think it's safety. I, I really do. I, I believe that safety has been our Achilles heel for a very long time. And, and it has plagued us in some really big games. If you go back to Minnesota, if you go back to the Green Bay game, heck, if you go back to the Rams playoff loss from two, three years ago, it was our safeties that, I mean, it got us burned. And it was through the middle of the field. And so now I feel like with, you know, our defensive tackles, our linebackers, and hopefully bringing those safeties on or one safety in particular, I feel like that's going to solve your issue at the cornerback position because, look, there are okay cornerbacks that are supported by great uh, safeties that end up looking good. And I just feel as though if you, you have a guy like Diggs, you know he's young, he's going to give up some, some, some plays early on, but I think that having that safety help behind him is going to help that maturation process. Isaiah? I would have to tell that gentleman, not so fast, my friend. Uh, ah, the, the, get the, get the, the quarterback pen position. Out, the pencil. Exactly. Uh, uh, <laughs> we're, we're good at corner. We're young at corner, uh, but we do have some, some vets uh, uh, sprinkled in there, and we have two great defensive back coaches um, as well to teach them. They're, that's not our Achilles heel by any means. As Heckman just alluded to, our front seven is nasty, McNasty, as I would like to say. Um, and, you know, it's a lot easier to cover somebody for two and a half seconds than it is to have to cover them for four seconds. Right. So I can tell you there's a lot of corners who may not be cover corners um, that all of a sudden become really good in this league when that front seven is nasty like we have. So um, that is definitely not the Achilles heel. The Achilles heel, as Heck said, is the safety position. Rob, go ahead and give your agree disagree, but then I've got a I've got a rebuttal for Mr. Isaiah Stanback. What? 
I would say, well, go ahead and do that, actually. I'm, okay. I want to see that. Okay. I want to hear I'll that. Let me get my popcorn. Let me get my popcorn. Let me get my popcorn. I just wanted, <laughs> yeah. to, ask, I wanted to, to ask the question back. Are we no, really bro. sure this front seven is going to be nasty? Because what? there's a lot of question. Alden Smith hasn't played in five years. Everson Griffin's in a new system. Who's in the middle of this defensive line? Is it Neville Gallimore? Is it Tristan Hill? Is it Tyrone Crawford? All three of those guys are question marks to me. Sure, I Tim Lawrence is a solid, solid choice. But is <sighs> is nasty the right word for this front seven? Yes. No, Isaiah, no, no, Isaiah no, no, Huffman. No, no, no. Yes, hey, it is nasty. Na- nasty no, is no. Right <laughs> nasty is not the right word. Mick Nasty. Okay. Mick Nasty, okay? Mick Nasty up front, okay? Our okay. D-line is stupid, okay? Our, it's, 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 it's ridiculous, okay? It's okay. absolutely dumb. Stupid is a good word in this context. Um, so they <laughs> they are absolutely insane. Our, our linebackers are, there's no weak spot at our linebackers. The only thing you can say about our linebackers is oh, if they get hurt. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's the only, that's all you can say, all right? Big but health while concern, yeah. Well, yeah, but while they're healthy, there's some goons, right? We got three goons behind a whole slew of other goons, right, that we don't even know who's going to be in there at any point in time, any given time. This guy's going to be rotating left and right. Guys are going to be fresh. Guys are vets. Guys got moves that we haven't even seen since Michael Jackson bad, and they're still going to be pulling those <laughs> things out because they're not going to be out there every play. So our front seven is nice and shirt up. Our safety position is where we're weak, right? We're talking okay. about how how Xavier Woods tweaked his tweaked his groin, right, in in the blue and white night the other day, right? That's been reported. So, how fast does he come back from that? Who's behind him, right? Who's the sure fit after him, right? So, there's a lot of questions there. You don't have that problem. We just lost Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin, we just lost, and no, and and we talked about it for a day. Huh. Right? Why? Because our depth is so is so we have Gerald so much McCoy, depth in that position. Way. Yeah, Gerald uh, McCoy. Gerald sorry, McCoy, what, not what, Everson Griffin. Why did I say? I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm not Everson Griffin. Apologize. Uh, yeah, Gerald McCoy. We just lost McCoy, and we're not even talking about it because we have guys like that, right, that can step mm-hmm. in and take his position, take his place. Um, so D-line, we're good. Front, uh, our, our linebackers, we need some more depth, but our starters are good. It's the safety position. All right, Rob. I would throw out, first of all, I don't think corner is is a weakness. I think the numbers are really good there. And Trayvon Diggs, if he can make this much improvement in two weeks so after true. no spring, if he continues this trajectory, then he's going to play a lot and he's going to be successful mm-hmm. as a rookie. I, you know, I had reservations about a lot of rookies just not having the time they need, but he just continues to get more and more confident. I mean, you can see it out there. And so that's really encouraging. Um, I'll just throw out one name to help at the safety position, potentially. How about Daryl Worley? How about number mm-hmm. 28? Because mm. I mentioned last segment how they feel like different guys can help at different spots in the secondary. Corner, safety, cross-train. And Worley, is the more I watch him, he's play, he plays a lot of different spots if needed. Mm-hmm. He played safety last year, late in the season for the Raiders, I think after they released Swearinger. Yep. Um, I just, the more I watch him, it, I mentioned the numbers at corner, and it's hard to get, you know, a rotation in, in my mind if, if everybody's healthy. Um, but he's a guy, the more I watch, it's like, you got to find a spot for him. So I wonder if he's part of that, that thinking of, you know, if we do have an injury at safety or just part of the overall rotation, maybe he gets some work there. Who knows? But I just really, I think that's a really underrated signing that they've made. Well, and that's also kind of a, that, that's what we kind of talked about in the offseason is that there are a couple of those cornerback spots. And this is why I thought this article was, was specifically 
intriguing to me because I, I agree with you guys. I, I do think the safety spot is the Achilles heel of this, this defense and of the team in general. Uh, and it's because I think the corner spot has enough depth to where you can throw guys back at safeties. Kyle, and we've Kyle, seen let it. Me, let, me, let me get in. I want to I bring this up before I forget this point, man. Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about the safeties position, also look at the NFC East, right? Because that's what we want to do. We want to win the NFC East. And the NFC East is full of some really quality tight ends, right? When yeah. you look at Philadelphia and what they have with arguably two of the best uh, in the league, uh, aside yeah. from the guys San Francisco and Kansas City, but also in New York with Ingram. That tight end, those guys are attacking the seam on no everything joke. that they – no joke. And the way that offenses have evolved, you depend a lot on your safeties. And so it's important that the Cowboys get that position shored up so that we know going into those division games that we have quality behind the linebackers to go man-to-man -man if we have to go to our nickel or our dime packages to, to trust one of our safeties. And there's a really good – cover corner out there on the street. I don't have to say his name again, but another man's trash is another man's treasure. Come on, be our treasure. I'm just saying, come on, guys. Let's make it make sense. <laughs> Let's make it make sense. And, and here's where the debate comes back, because we're talking about moving corners back and we're depleting the, the, the depth that we have at that position, especially after a couple guys have been banged up throughout training camp. Jordan Lewis, Xavier Woods. Uh, you also have Cheeto Luzier. All three of those guys have been banged up in the secondary and you're moving guys back there it's been reported about reggie robinson moving back there there's always the possibility of, of moving around daryl worley in that defense Ooh. i think with the injury to xavier woods and i know the the conversations we had last week about earl thomas and the free agent market and exactly where that stands now with the severity of of uh, xavier woods kind of being unknown his injury being unknown at the point I'm not there yet but if it comes out where he's missing a couple of weeks and there's a a, a lag in the safety position Go on, I wouldn't be Go against on, <laughs> I wouldn't be against going and trying to find a guy on the open market most notably his name might be Earl and end with Tom I knew he was going to come around right yeah. Yeah. it took a week it took a week for Kyle yeah now, now I still have my reservations, I think, oh. because I still want to know what happened in Baltimore. That's a top-notch organization. It's, a, it's a, a benchmark organization that knows exactly how to have those player personnel decisions. They make great decisions in the draft. They do it in free agency all the time. They've built from the ground up as a personnel department in Baltimore. Why was it the decision made to not only by them, but by their players as well to say, we need to get this guy out of here. I have my reservations, but now it's getting to the point where, and I'll ask you guys this question too, are the Cowboys getting desperate at safety? Because I feel like that might be a, the, the case, Isaiah. Getting? 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 <laughs> it's the... It's, what? Uh, Without Xavier Woods. <laughs> Xavier Woods is going to be fine, right? I think he'll be fine yeah. right yeah, before. Yeah, and I think he will be game. as well. And soft tissue injuries, uh, we've talked about those. Those happen. Those are going to happen. They're gonna, the first week of the season, you guys are going to see a ton of them. Um, but listen, Earl is the sure thing. I'm telling you guys from the standpoint, I don't know what the heck he's been going through here recently. Uh, I, I hope that he gets, you know, that, he, that he's okay mentally and all the other jazz, whatever personal issues he has going on that's affecting him in that regard because the Earl that I know doesn't represent anything that we've heard here as of late. So yeah. if, 
if that if that Earl is somewhere in him somewhere, then he is worth every risk that you could possibly take. Because guess what? You can always cut him. Right. You it's can true. always cut them. And that's why there's a reason why I don't want to throw too much speculation, but I'm going to go ahead and sprinkle it out there anyway. How many times does an all pro safety sit on a market this long? They don't. So when I talk about the fact that veterans, if there is any speculation in terms of his character right now, nobody wants to guarantee him a whole year. So what happens? Mm-hmm. They wait till after the first week of the after season. The and then what game. happens? Get him. Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a diff, it's not a difficult uh, thing. And, and when I think about old Tom, so I think about any quality safety. I always think about a guy that played for the Cowboys, uh, Larry Brown. It's the Larry Brown Ooh. effect. Larry Brown, um, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, but in part because of what he had sitting behind him, mm-hmm. Woodson, uh, Washington, Everett. Those safeties made it possible. For a guy like Larry Brown to make a name in the NFL, and I think you get the same with a vet- with veteran with veteran leadership. And so that's when I think in my imagination that if we could possibly pull this off, that's the kind of effect that I feel like him as an acquisition would bring to our cornerback room. And, and also, and also, Kyle, let's not forget about the fact that when players are unhappy, they will do whatever they know is required to get out of a situation. <laughs> not saying that that's what he did. I'm not saying that that's what he did. I think he did more than what was required. But that's, that's another story that we don't need to talk about. Anyways, Rob, what's your what's your feel on that? I, I'm just listening to the man, Jerry Jones. If he doesn't close the door, then I'm not going to close the door. So uh, we'll, just, we'll just see what happens. And again, injuries happen. So the outlook of your position might be good one day, and it can vastly change the next day. So, uh, but, it, you know, there's not a... I can't think of a more accomplished player in the last few years that's just sitting out there. So it yeah. is it is unusual, and uh, I would just say TBD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Jerry said TBD this morning on 105.3 The Fan. He said it's misleading to say that we have had those conversations, but it's also misleading to say that we have not, which is about as riding the fence as you <laughs> could potentially get on a certain situation. But that's where they stand right now as it comes to Earl Thomas. So, guys, we've got to get out of here. Uh, our time is up, which is crazy because Already? I could have talked. I could have talked like this like every day this week throughout. How about yeah. let's How about let's do that next week? Let's talk about this every day. Let's start on how, Tuesday. Nine thirty, starting on Tuesday. How's that sound to you? Let's guys? Start on sound Tuesday. good. Go. Sounds good. Let's sound go. good. We'll Sounds be back good. here on Talking Cowboys next Tuesday, nine thirty a.m. Be sure to press that subscribe button and follow all of us on the social media sites because until then. This is Kyle Yeomans, Rob Phillips, Heckma Harrison, and Isaiah Stanback saying so long for Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!